Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm very busy. She's also Mitzi, an oven mitt, my right-hand gal and co-host on the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we have talked about pepper, mayonnaise, sriracha, lettuce, tortilla chips, scallions, and black beans. Only one ingredient left. Yep, which is partially why I'm so totally overwhelmed. But it's day three of Black Bean Week, and today we have a great episode for you all. We've got a real mashup in today's experiment for pressing questions, followed by something soggy in our wild card. Sorry to hear you're so busy, Mitzi. Oh, it's okay, Molly, but there's not a lot of time to explain. To the theme song! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Let's do it. How fun! Mystery recipe. So, Mitzi, what's the matter? Well, I'm just feeling so busy, Molly. There's so much left to do. I have to get ready for Susie's goodbye party and perfect our season four finale recipe so I can be of help in the cook-along. And we're already planning all the fun and fascinating sides of food for season five. I feel like we're doing a lot. Well, I may have had a bit of an idea that you've been feeling a bit overwhelmed lately. Really? What sort of gave it away? Well, you've sort of been yelling a lot. Oh! And walking around saying, I'm tired and stressed, over and over. Yeah, I have been doing that, huh? I I just try to communicate. Also, you left me this note this morning that just said, help? Did I? I meant to write, good morning. (laughs) Well, you just wrote help. Golly, I'm sorry, Molly. Don't be. You shouldn't be sorry at all. But you should also ask for help whenever you are feeling stressed. And speaking of help... Ta-da! Parker! Hi, Mitzi. Hi, Molly. Cotton fibers. It's so good to be back. It's so good to see you, pal. Listeners, this is Parker. Parker is a potholder, uses they-them pronouns, and was our intern on season two of the show. Parker! That's right. And I've missed you all so much, listeners. Oh, well, we've missed you too, Parker. Since being on our show, Parker has moved on to working as a chef at the Town Square Diner and developing some new recipes for their menu. I didn't know you were developing recipes there, Parker. That's so cool. Yep, it's been so fun. What kind of things have you made? Well... I love doing mashups of different diner classics. Last season, Greg inspired me to make the cheeseburger taco with beef and American cheese. And since then, I've also made chicken tender parm sliders, which is chicken tenders with tomato sauce and Parmesan cheese on a mini burger bun and fried mac and cheese bites. 
which is what it sounds like. Mac and cheese and some breading rolled into a ball and deep fried. Wow, that sounds unbelievable, Parker. I can't wait to come try some. Well, you won't have to wait too long, Mitzi. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, you haven't told her yet, Molly? Not yet. Care to do the honors, Parker? Well, sure. I'm here to guest host the show with Molly today because she has planned a full day of rest and relaxation for you. What? 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 That's right, Mitzi. I could tell you were feeling overwhelmed, and so I called up some friends to pitch in and help take care of some of the things that need to get done around here. And we all thought it would be fun to send you to an oven mitt refresh day. You'll start off at the laundromat and get a steam clean with an extra long cycle in the dryer. My pores and seams are thanking you already. And then we have a special lunch at the Town Square Diner. And Dorothy and Delilah, our dolphin friends, have planned some beachside fun to end things off. It's going to be amazing. Amazing is the understatement of this century, Molly. Yeah, I can't believe it. You are all so sweet and nice and cool. Thank you. I can't wait. Well, you don't have to. Chad! Hello. I'm going to be your chauffeur for the day. Would you like to follow me? Ah, this is amazing. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Parker. Thank you, Chad. All right, let's do this. Also, what is a chauffeur, and can I eat it? That looked like a successful sneak relax attack to me, Molly. It did indeed. Great work, Parker. All right, should we get moving on today's episode? Let's do it. How fun! It's time for pressing questions. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of the experiment in our episode. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate this science for yourselves in your own recipe labs. And don't forget to tell us how it went. You can send us an email at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. I'll go through everything you send us. We're excited to hear from you. All right, let's listen to today's question. Lots of recipes used mashed beans instead of just baked or cooked beans. Why is it helpful to mash beans before you make things with them? Great question. That was Leilani from Kissimmee, Florida. Let's do an activity in order to find the answer. If you want to try this experiment along with us at home, here's what you'll need. One can of black beans, a plate, some tape, markers, a bowl, and a fork. So, in order to get to the bottom of why you might want to mash beans, I called up Chaska, Leilani, and Mirabelle to ask them for some help. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, we're doing great. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you here to do this science experiment with us. I also know that you three have a podcast of your own. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It's called Book Power for Kids. And it's a podcast where we review books, we write our own (laughs) reviews, and then we act out a scene. We take our friends and family um, and we cast them as the characters in the scene. And then we have them record. Right, Mir? Yep. That sounds like so much fun. Well, I hope all of our listeners go check out Book Power for Kids after this episode. So 
Today, we are going to find out why recipes call for beans to be mashed. In order to figure this one out, we are going to try making balls of beans two ways. Once with cooked beans straight from the can, and once with mashed beans. But before we get too much farther, let's try and make a prediction. What do you guys think is going to happen? So I think the unsmashed beans will not stick together very well, but the smashed beans will make a, a better ball. Yeah, because I think there's water in between the unsmashed beans, and maybe that'll stop it from holding together as well. Excellent thoughts there. I love those ideas. Let's give it a try. So, listeners, you'll want to start off by draining and rinsing your beans. I know you guys have already rinsed and drained your beans. Let's start off by measuring out one or two tablespoons of beans and holding them in the palm. This is going to depend on the size of your hands, young chef, so use enough that you can hold them all comfortably. How's that going? Oh, it's already dripping and I haven't squeezed it yet. Oh, that's (laughs) like a lot of It's like a little bean ocean on your plate. Really hard. The beans are falling apart, and it's not even making a ball. <laughs> it's making some really weird sounds. So in the end, we got a, a bit of a triangle here, um, or maybe a heart shape if we're feeling feeling lucky. So there we go. Bean ball number one. Let's put these balls on plates, and we can use the tape and marker to make a label near it that says unmashed. This will make sure we do not confuse our bean balls. Amazing. All right, so now we're going to do round two of bean balls, except this time with mashed beans. And measure out two tablespoons of beans once again, but this time place them in a bowl. Perfect. And now you can use that fork to mash them up a bit, just until most of the beans are broken. Awesome. So now scoop that bean paste back into your hands and try and press it together into a ball again and tell us how it goes. And now for the moment of smoosh. Yeah. I'd say that's more or less a ball. What do you think? Yeah, it definitely looks like a ball. That looks good. That's a cute, perfect bean ball. You guys did amazing. So let's put them all on the plates. And so we have your unmashed bean ball and your mashed bean ball. Let's compare the two balls of beans. What are the differences between them? So the unsmashed one looks a lot like beans. Um, The smashed one looks like it pulled together a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. In the um, unsmashed one, you can definitely still see um, the shapes of the beans. My unsmashed one is in several pieces, but my actually smashed one is in one piece. (laughs) Totally right. Very nice work. Molly. That was a smash success, if you ask me. Nice one, Parker. We really had a ball there, didn't we? Ha! Well played, Molly. Well played. Well, listeners, we are going to hear a bit more about the science behind the mash right after this quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups! I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. We simply cannot have enough snacks in my house. That's why Kroger's ship service is so great. If you don't live right next to a Kroger store, you can still have all your favorite Kroger's treats shipped right to you. It's fast and easy. 
Browse snacks and other stuff online, and your order will arrive in as little as one to three days. Learn more at Kroger.com and get the yummiest snacks shipped directly to your doorstep. Chad! Molly! I am so excited to talk to you today about the new picture book, Mitzi the Oven Mitt Goes to School, a story about being brave, which you wrote. Yes, I did. When I read this picture book, I was just laughing the entire time. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes this book not only amazing for kids, but also for parents like me? Yeah, I think you were really good at reminding Gabby and I. Gabby's the illustrator on the book that parents are going to be reading this over and over again to their kids. And so Gabby especially had some really, really funny visual puns in order to sneak some jokes in there for the grown-ups as well. Let me tell you, this is a book that I am happy to read to my kids, Olive and Toby, multiple times a night. That's the highest compliment. That is Mitzi the Oven Mitt Goes to School, a story about being brave, written by you with illustrations by the very talented Gabby Hominoff. And where can people find it? Wherever books are sold. And we're back. Cotton fibers, I've always wanted to say that. Well, you nailed it. So, Parker, let's talk mashed beans. The science behind this one is pretty simple. It's all about what's inside the beans. Magic? Not magic, exactly. Starch. Ah, same difference. Starch is a type of carbohydrate. It's something that's in many of the foods that we eat, especially plants. Plants use starch as a way to store energy. In cooking, we may often use starch as a way to thicken a recipe, like soup or pasta sauce. Starch commonly comes from things made of wheat, like pasta. There's also starch in potatoes and rice and beans. Yeah, beans have starch in them. And when the beans are cooked, the starch mixes with water and becomes a gel. Proteins in the bean add some stickiness to this gel as well. Then, when the beans are mashed, that starchy gel comes out and holds the mash together. Look out! Starch on the loose! I can see how a sticky gel might help in the beanball making business, Molly. Exactly. That starchy gel helps keep the mashed beans together. As opposed to the unmashed beans, which have little shells intact that keep all the starch in. Those shells don't really want to stick together. Right, which is why mashing the beans and releasing that starchy gel help those beans all stick together better. What would I use this for, though, Molly? Good question, Parker. Mashed beans can be used in a burrito or enchilada so that the beans can stay inside a tortilla and won't roll out after you take your first bite. They might be good on nachos, you can eat them with rice or as a dip for chips. Wow, I wasn't writing those down. We gotta use some of that back at the diner. Listeners, if you want to try this experiment at home, remember to tell us how it went. Grown-ups, you can reach us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Molly, I think I know what time it is, and I can't wait. Do you? What time is it, Parker? It's time for our wild card. Every week, we like to end things with something a little wacky. And this week is no different. That's right. Today, we are bringing you a bit of local news. Let's hear it. 
Good morning, West Palm Beach, and welcome back to Useless News on the Tens. We save all the weird stuff for ten past the hour, and that time is now. I'm Sparky McDuff, and today we have the story of the stuffed animal craze that's sweeping the nation. That's right, today we're talking bean babies. Sally O'Malley is here with a story. Thanks, Sparky. These are the voices of Bean Baby's biggest fans. They're just cute! Ah, would you look at this one? I have that one already. We talked to a few of them to see what the magic is behind this latest trend. We waited in line for a few hours, and we ended up getting two raccoons, a flamingo, and this special edition James Earl Jones bear. See, look, you have to admit they are just so cute! Cute is one word for it. Here's a quick history of the Bean Babies. The company releases a number of different stuffed animals, gives them each a different name, and then they simply sell like hotcakes. They're all named after different bean recipes, mostly just bean recipes for now. They haven't done anything different yet. There's Boston Baked, and Rice, Escarole, Minestrone, he's a sea turtle, couldn't tell you why. But what sets these stuffed animals apart from the crowd is what they're stuffed with. It's beans! Oh yeah, they are filled with cooked beans, and I think like a gravy? Something liquidy, and so it must be a gravy. And doesn't that make these sort of hard to play with? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, they get soggy pretty fast, by the time you get home, really. And most of them just turn a sort of weird shade of brown. But did you see how cute they are? Look, this one is a flamingo! And have you tried tasting them? Oh no, are you kidding? <laughs> of course not! I'm not a monster! Also, I'm pretty sure that would decrease their resale value. We reached out to the company that makes them to ask why exactly they were filling bean babies with cooked beans. Well, it's sort of our way of looking forward, you know? We're always trying to do something new. And we've seen stuffed animals filled with beans, but we thought, hey, why not cook them first, you know? What if we went ahead and cooked the beans first and then filled the stuffed animals with the cooked beans and a bit of gravy? And, uh, well, it all sort of just took off from there. But it's not all soggy roses for this young customer. I don't get it. Honestly, it's like really gross to me. My hands are sticky now. And I've, I've only had them for like five minutes. And they're already starting to smell. I don't know. They're still warm, which I guess is nice, but once they cool off, I don't think I'm going to want to play with them anymore. Will these bean babies stay hot? Or will a stuffed animal craze cool off as fast as the cooked beans are stuffed with? Only time will tell. Back to you, Sparky. Thanks, Sally. No problem, Sparky. Hey, can can I get one of those special edition James Earl Jones bears? Oh, uh, oh, uh, get one for me too. And that was our wild card. Well, that was interesting. You don't want to go pick up some bean babies, Parker? I think I'll pass on this one. Not much of a fads pot holder, anyways. That's fair. Neither am I. Well, listeners, we've come to the end of Black Bean Week. And what a week it was. That's right. I'm told you learned all about how magical beans are, how canned beans are cooked, and why to mash beans for some recipes. 
We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. Well, Molly and Mitzi will be back. I'll be back at the restaurant for now. But it was great being here. I missed you all. I'm sure you'll hear from me again soon. It was amazing hearing from you again, Parker. Thanks for guest hosting today. And remember, listeners, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we've talked about pepper, mayonnaise, sriracha, lettuce, tortilla chips, scallions, and black beans. You'll have to tune in soon to find out what the final ingredient will be. After we find out our final ingredient, we'll be dropping a special episode that will reveal our mystery recipe for season four and give your grown-ups a shopping list so you can all cook along with us in the season finale cook-along. Can't wait for that! If you love mystery recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. It's a great way to support our show. Or you can give us a review. Or not. You can just listen while you mash different foods up to see what makes a great mashed food ball. That's totally fine, too. And also a note for our listeners, we will not be posting any episodes next week due to holidays here in the U.S., but we will be back with week eight of our season on November 29th. Until next time. Keep on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a Sour Patch Kid. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's a peanut butter cup. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a lemon meringue pie. Andrea Vavjin is a Biscoff cookie, and Katie O'Hara is a chocolate brownie cookie, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik, Strawberry Shortcake, and Matt Boynton, an orange creamsicle, of Ultraviolet Audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a key lime pie. Our director of post-production is Jen Margolis. She's a cannoli. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is a chocolate lava cake. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a lattice-top peach pie. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's chocolate avocado pudding. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, associate art director, Gabby Hamanoff, senior editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, test cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin, and assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Neo Sihi, Brianna Maya, Grace Lee, and Jonathan Cormer. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Yeah, ladies, you are too kind to me. I'm feeling so relaxed. That laundromat spin cycle was just life-changing. <laughs> No, I couldn't. I, oh, you shouldn't have. A little ginger ale with a little umbrella in it. You two are too much. Do you have one for Chad, too? Why, thank you. I could get used to this, Mitzi. Me too. Sigh. 
This is the life. This is the life. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 